The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleiner. I invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour. I'm Sharon Kleiner. The name of the show is The Power of Water. Now, why would anybody want to call a show The Power of Water? I will tell you why. I have been studying water for over 30 years, and our planet is made up of water. You're 80 to 90% water. You have 50 trillion cells with water. And you need to every day think about you're walking our earth and our planet with your two feet, and you're coming along, and what is the most valuable, exciting contribution to life on this earth? is the nature of water. It brought all life to earth, water. Did you know that 5,000 children are dying a day because they don't have water? Did you know those of you who are listening probably have availability to you, free water, when many people in the world do not have free water or water at all? We need to stop and think about the water crisis and Earth's human mission with that crisis for a healthier planet. This is 2011. 2011 has now begun to be a year to where people want to think about the health of their lives and individuality of what they can do to bring, uh, make a better place to live. And life is precious. Life is every moment. But Earth has a whisper to you as an individual, what can you do to leave your footprint to make a better place to live? And it can be done. The Power of Water radio talk show is a talk show that has brought in the most exciting guests for, a year, for almost four years for you to listen to the nature of your life. Nature is pharma first. In other words, the nature of you first must always be in your mind. The natural symptoms of what are happening to you certain things that are reminding you of what is happening to the dry air and the climate change is causing a dry air. And has climate change been going on for thousands of years, millions of years? Yes, the earth is changing, and we need to learn how to live with that earth. And, and don't think it's going to learn to live with you. You need to think about how you're going to live with the earth. It's exciting. It's a, and today we have some guests that I think are going to be very exciting to add to that. Steve Olsher is from Niles, Illinois. He's the founder of the Reinvention Workshop, host of Reinvention Radio, and author of USA Book News 210, a self-help book for, of the year, Journey to You. He believes that we each need to take a responsibility to think about who we are. Find that exciting and maybe I could get up in the morning 
and make your excitement you, the person who you are, and what you want to do that day to be a better person, healthier person, it's there. We'll learn from Steve. The other guest is Randy Buresh from Sandy, Oregon. He's a licensed registered nurse, Demeter, uh, um, certified biodynamic farmer, herbalist, and a founder of Oregon's Wild Harvest Biodynamics Farm. Wild Harvest, a biodynamic farm. We're going to learn quite a bit about health, herbs, and teas today. I really wanted to learn more about tea because I do believe there's a lot of excitement in what's happening, what we're learning about the teas that have been there for thousands of years to learn more about what they can do when you're feeling up to something uh, that could give you an, a little extra boost of whatever natural symptom you might have. Before I move on to Steve, I want you to know I had heard I was to be president of the American Cancer Society many years ago and found myself studying dehydration later in life, and that's why I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Center. We study the dehydration of the planet and our bodies and the cells. And there was a new announcement by Associated Press and Fox News on a blood test that may be available for, to spot lurking cancer cells. In other words, in the cell, there could be a, it could be noticed with a blood test that you could have a potential cancer or a cancer. Now, I want you to understand, there are 50 trillion cells in, in the body. In the cell, there is water. Now, stop and think about that breakthrough of dehydration and futures. Think about it. And go to your website and look up the blood test that may, for spot lurking cancer cells. It was announced by Associated Press and Fox News Today. The other one to think about is, before we move on to Steve, drink 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. Now, Dr. Emoto has said, a very famous author and research in water also, that if, you're the, if you see the river flowing past you, wouldn't you want it to be clear and healthy and, and flushing? You have a river inside of you. I have a river inside of me. We should be drinking 8 to 10 glasses of water a day to keep our river flowing without stagnation, pollution, and problems and ha- having a symptom of way serious, uh, much more than uh, we would want, a dehydration effect called not enough water. Each person, no two eyes alike, no two skins alike, no two fingerprints alike, so we all have our own dehydration symptoms, our own natural symptoms. So think about it and... Um, we're going to be discussing today the re- uh, reinvention of you. Let's see if we can get Steve to teach us what that means. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only natural method to replenish moisture to the eye with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Steve. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. 
All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Steve, are you with us? I am. How are you? Well, fine, fine. How are you doing today? Oh, great, thanks. Okay, I was reading about you, and uh, tell us a little bit about your background, and uh, it sounds like in your life you decided to reinvent ourselves with an, uh, thinking about who we are. Uh, tell us about wh- where you've come from and what you're doing today. Well, lifelong entrepreneur, I've been involved with uh, numerous endeavors over the years, and uh, literally just uh, about since the time I could pick up a rake and try to move some leaves around, that's, uh, that's when the entrepreneurial bug hit. So, you know, we're each wired to excel in very specific ways. And for me, uh, just uh, trying, to, trying to make some money and do some things with my life, uh, you know, has really always been uh, just an inherent part of who I am. So just uh, been doing tons of different things over the years and uh, radio, nightclubs, dot-coms, catalogs, real estate, uh, you name it, I think I've probably done it. And uh, about three years ago, I had a huge wake-up call, and I was actually visiting my stepfather in the hospital. It was very much like a father to me. And uh, I was holding his hand. He was on his deathbed, and uh, we were in the ICU there. And just in uh, in a very profound moment of uh, being with him, I had a vision of my own funeral, and I could hear the words being spoken graveside, which were, here lies Steve Olsher. He dedicated his life to chasing the almighty dollar. And uh, and that's all that was said. And and it hit me really hard because it became clear at that moment that my life was of benefit to me and those closest to me, uh, but really no one else. And I've always longed and aimed and just felt this nagging and sort of tugging in my soul, uh, you know, really to have a more massive impact uh, just uh, in, in, in as great a possible uh stretch of uh, of humanity as I possibly could and uh and I just I clearly wasn't heeding that call and and literally the next day I began a 180 degree shift uh to begin just really dedicating my life to sharing the tips and tools and strategies and just what I've learned to be successful with others uh, in a more meaningful way. And the result of those efforts were the creation of Journey to You, the book that you mentioned, Journey to You, a step-by-step guide to becoming who you were born to be, uh, which was actually named the 2010 Self-Help Book of the Year by USA Book News and starting the Reinvention Workshop, and, uh, and I host Reinvention Radio out of Phoenix. So just uh, really took took things full you know, just uh, I don't want to say full circle because it's more of a half circle, but just really look to to get in a much different direction because I didn't like where I was going. And so reinvention to me and to others, as you think about it, I mean, it's really not changing who you are. It's simply a matter of just heeding or getting who you to know who you are. are. 
getting to yeah, know the person. Yeah, and becoming who that naturally is. Yeah, Steve, you know, uh, yes, um, I, many, many years ago, I remember my father, I was um, 15 years ago. I mean, I was 15 years old. And we were in Portland, Oregon at the Columbia River, and he was water skiing, and he was the happiest man, a very successful businessman, loved music, went through World War II, came home. Um, he was on a water ski, came up to my feet, and I uh, came in after he was like, like uh, the, the boat driver, my brother, let him off. And he fell over, had a heart attack right at my feet with no warning and passed away. You begin, we all begin at different times of life to uh, look at ourselves at whatever and where we're coming from. And what you've done is a future of what everybody should stop and think about wherever you're at. Um, I don't even look at the homeless person on this corner uh, for granted. Well, well, something got them there. Even if they, if you think that they're going to take the coin and go do something with it, you don't want them to do with your money. But we all have that moment of wherever we're at, what we want to do with ourselves, and where we get the confidence, Steve, to be able to do that. And for people yeah. to reinvent where they're coming from at that second, um, it, it's a challenge for everyone. And it, I, I believe in everything you're doing, by the way. Um, we have to learn that life is a miracle, but the planet is a bigger miracle. And what you're saying is reinvent ourselves with the miracle we are living with the planet. And I'm a believer that we've got to learn to live with the planet and forget we're living all alone in our bone bodies and our own skin. Live with the planet and reinvent the nature of who you are. Am I wrong? Uh, nope. I mean, I don't, I don't think you're, you're wrong at all. I mean, certainly there's the, I mean, look, I, I, I want to be clear here from, from where I stand. I mean, you know, there's, there's too many folks that I think misinterpret what it is that, that reinvention really is and how you can balance being good to your community, your environment, yourself and your world versus, you know, the whole idea of making a fantastic living by doing what it is that you are naturally compelled to do. And to me, the two are not mutually exclusive. You can continue to have uh, as, as much of an impact on your community and on your world as you like, but it doesn't mean that you have to succumb to life as a starving artist simply because you're compelled to draw. So I just want to make sure that we are, right. you know, moving forward just on the same page here, or at least you understand where I'm coming from, which is, you know, being clear on who you are and, and figuring out how to monetize what it is that you can do better than 99.9% of the world doesn't, it doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't be paid extraordinarily well for what those talents are. But don't you think, Steve, too, that... Most of the people interviewed out there, if you want to find out how they got where they got financially, they'll say almost by accident, actually. A lot of the things they intentionally went to do were not as successful as the things they unintentionally were doing. In other words, if you're reinventing yourself to do something that you believe that you have abilities to do, talent to do, uh, desire, and, and, and let's say tenacity, to work through the obstacles, because everything that's good has obstacles, too. And then sometimes yeah. you'll make money, and you didn't have any. 
it's kind of like uh, people that I know. One of the uh, I have friends who know the richest man in the world. Well, they, he had no intent. He had no idea that's what he would do. Um, uh, different people that you would pick out that and they became very successful. That was not their intent when they started. They started out with a desire of something and dealt with with a tenacity to deal with obstacles, even though they had failed yeah, different mean, things. But something began to work for them. Now you're saying reinventing yourself, and when I thought about that. As I was reading, um, I always think about health issues, too, um, because that's my field, is the nature of your health. Um, how often do you talk to people and interview people that are worrying, wanting to know more about being a healthier person, a happy person, before they get to the money? You know, there's, there's plenty, of, i got to be honest with you, there's plenty of people who go down the fitness or nutrition route or mental health route much i mean they're they're much more qualified than i am so you know certainly there's a component of this process of reinvention that involves physical and spiritual and mental health i mean there's no no doubt about that my my work is primarily focused on people in transition who are just really wanting to get a, a better handle on what's next and so the desire is already there Mm-hmm. And whatever they do in other areas of their lives, uh, you know, their lives. I mean, there's certainly people that would be much more qualified than me to help them in those particular arenas. But yeah, I mean, look, the, the bottom line is that you have to be in a position where you want to do something differently. I don't care if it's from a physical standpoint or a mental standpoint or a spiritual standpoint. You know, you have to put yourself in that position where you say, look, enough is enough, and I'm ready to go on to what's next. Now, um, when you're saying this to our audience, are you thinking that here it is, 2011, uh, we've got a year coming up that's going to be uh, really a very fascinating future economically and all, and we have a lot of people that are wondering, what am I going to do uh, if, I, if I do not go back to the job I had before, and how many people do you and I know, Steve, that lost six-figure jobs, 401Ks, health insurance, and their homes to go with it? And in some cases, Steve, they even lost the marriage and because it became more than they all could, could handle. Uh, when you have people calling in on your radio show or you're talking to people, what is the most common thing that people are asking? What can they do to reinvent themselves? Well, the most common thing that I hear is just the simple question of, you know, who am I and who was I born to be? Because ultimately, once you can answer that question in terms of what is the one thing your soul is compelled to do, and that ultimately is the question that once you can answer that, everything else literally falls into place. And so my work really is focused on helping people identify that one thing. I call it your what. So my question to folks, you know, is what is your what? What is the one thing your soul is compelled to do? What is the one thing that differentiates you from so many others here that walk this planet? You know, what is that unique gift? And that's where most of the questions lie, and then I help them understand what that is and create that plan of action for moving forward. Because, again, once that's in place, you're fired up to get out of bed, you're clear on where you're headed, the past has no weight on how you move your life forward, 
And I got to tell you, it makes all the difference in the world in terms of achieving contentment, peace, satisfaction, and happiness. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and I'm going to come back, and I want you to describe to us, so individuals, we're today very into understanding behavior of words, description, because of the Internet. And what you think most people are saying when they're talking about their soul. Uh, Steve, don't go anywhere. We're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to be right back and learn what you can teach us. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only method of moisturizing your eyes. Your eyes are 99% water at the surface of the eye. Your tear film is water. And Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the method of, with just a mist, to mist your eyes with all natural Nature's Tears Eye Mist. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Steve. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Steve, do you want to explain to us and describe the word soul? If a person said, uh, tell us about your, if, uh, want to learn more about my soul, what does that mean to you? Well, to me, it really is, it just is, it's that predefined blueprint that exists within you that drives your day-to-day actions. And so it's it, the best way for me to explain this word in, 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 in layman's terms, at least in the way that I think about it, is it's that which you have no control over. I mean, it's, it is simply inherent to who you are. Okay, so the soul of the individual, it's almost like if you ever played the game and say, tell me what's the first word that comes to your mind when you think of climate. So the person immediately has, and don't think about it twice, just the first thing you come. So the individuality of us all is what comes to us before we think twice. Is yeah, I mean, soul? for me, yeah, I mean, in a word, I'm, I'm thinking blueprint. Uh, <laughs> that blueprint. to me is what soul means. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, when you're having, uh, when you're doing your research for your books and you have your radio show, who are most interested in this, men or women? Uh, interestingly enough, I, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's predominantly women, which surprised me. Uh, but I guess now that I've been doing it for a while, I understand why. <laughs> I mean, women are more open to 
new ways of thinking and really trying to improve upon what they already possess. And, and men are more reluctant to look to others for answers and help. And so it is primarily women uh, who seem to be open to the idea of really discovering who they inherently are and doing something about it. You know, there's a word that I like to describe, um, the word proactive. There's some individuals that are more proactive than others, and I think women are more proactive to think about investing um, in whatever it might be. They think ahead of it more commonly uh, to understand what they're going to get into more cautiously, or they want to learn as they go and be proactive about being flexible. Um, and I was, in fact, I was inter- watching an interview with a woman yesterday, a very, very well-known woman and throughout the world, and she was mentioning the fact that a lot of women are just, they're just different about the way they outlook things to start with uh, and, and, and uh, begin to achieve into them. They're much more uh, uh, alert to the proactiveness, the flexibility, and cautiousness so that when they go to do it, they're learning as they go, whereas a lot of men will dive in, Steve, once they decide to get the guts to do it, they just dive in, not wanting to learn as much from it, maybe, as women. Am I? Does that sound about the right description? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that, uh, I mean, there are a lot of men, obviously, who are very proactive in their approach. I think yeah, I think men are, are proactive in, in taking action, and women are a little more, uh, well, they think about it a lot more. They get caught up in what I call emotional bureaucracy. Which is just hey, wait a minute, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this it's is going to be good. The whole, I mean, decision making <laughs> becomes a uh, decision making process in itself. So, you know, I, I think that you're just looking at two very different animals. Well, uh, let's go back for a second. Then, uh, women being proactive uh, are, are cautious, all right, but achieve a longer, long term um, tenacity. And don't give up. Uh, you, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not getting into a battle of the sexes here, but I can <laughs> tell you there's plenty of men that will say they're plenty uh, tenacious as well. So, oh. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I was reading something here about uh, you, you're uh, very, uh, you can be thought-provoking. Let's have fun with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that we can, no, I mean, that we can uh, certainly. Where I'm coming from is... Um, is I wish, I really wish that people would be more proactive and want to study more uh, about where they're, what they're going to do with what they're going to uh, uh, try to achieve. Now let's go back to the personality, personal person, individually, the reinvention of the individual, of what they're, where they're at and where they want to go. It, it's, it's also being proactive about how do you want to go about doing this and not just dive in, go do it, uh, without a lot of study and thought and, and evaluations. And, and there's a very exciting description out there used called analysis, analyzing uh, life and yourself and what is happening and what, where would you like to be uh, from moment to moment. In fact, you have on here a step-by-step guide. I like that step-by-step guide. Uh, that shows the proactiveness of, of taking a step at a time. Don't just dive in and make it a long-term um, proactiveness or a long-term um, reinvention. If you begin to do it and you like something that's happening, don't back off, analyze it, and go forward. 
Now, have you ever ran into your studies with children, uh, young children? Uh, you know, most of the people that I work with uh, are going to be high school age and older, but okay. I do I do work with parents. Uh, okay. to help their children get on point, get on path, and really discover their what. Because I, I do believe that once that what is clear and once it is discovered, uh, it really does make all the difference in the world. Oh, my gosh. And I think the younger you'd be, uh, like a high school student, um, uh, you're needing certain uh, outlooks. Uh, here I'm back to my uh, word of proactiveness, but to look at where you're at, and especially, Steve, look what the children are looking at for the future now. They're having to deal with a lot of these negatives of when they do go to work, how much, is that, how much are they going to be able to put on their own selves uh, yeah. to live their life the way they'd hope to, uh, to reinvent their life and save and, and build up something uh, of material items or whatever and their own education or whatever. Can you imagine being a youth uh, today, thinking in high school that you're going to maybe be out of high school soon, and you got to start looking for a job to support yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't think that kids today have it any better or have it any worse than the kids of yesterday or the generation before that. I mean, you know, life has been hard at all at all phases. So, look, the, the for me, the more important question is, you know, what if we're dealing with high school students here, how do we get these kids on path so that their parents aren't looking at, you know, spending sixty, seventy, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars on a college education and having these kids come out of there with no more of an understanding of who they are, what they should be doing than when they went in. I mean the days of, of selecting colleges based on the way we pick candy bars, I mean that's just that's got, that's got to stop, you know, what looks good, what you can afford, what your parents do. I mean, that sort of thing, you know, what your friends are doing, et cetera. I mean, it's like we have to make choices that are more just absolutely on point with supporting who we inherently are and what we should be doing. So for, from where I stand, that whole concept of just let's, you know, let's get these kids on path sooner rather than later is something that we need to start embracing with a quickness. What is your thinking then about you know I if I if I bring up some questions uh, that you'd want to go into I like what you did earlier you said that isn't your um, background but what do you think is happening also with teachers and the faculty to help the children inside the school system I know parents have a big role of influence yeah. but what is happening yeah, I mean, in your outlook have you noticed anything in your studies that there's a lot of influence in the school from the faculty that to give the uh, you, the students encouragement or not. No, I mean we're we're way off base because the the, the teaching the educational system. I mean it really handcuffs just the the teachers from having any sort of creativity and they, they tie into these standardized tests and the the importance of. I mean the priorities are off base and the parents are ultimately still going to have to step in and really do the teaching in terms of creating their. Their children are 35-year-old adults. So, I mean, the idea is you don't want to raise a child. You want to raise an adult. And you, you have to prepare these kids for life. The school is not going to do it. I mean, they're two-hand. I mean, they're, they're fiscally you know, hand-tied. I mean, it's, there's no money there. And, and the teachings that they're doing are so rudimentary at this point that, I mean, it really takes, a, as you said, proactive type of environment that's more on the, the cutting edge of creating citizens as opposed to creating students. And, frankly, there's just not enough of that. I agree with you. Um, I knew somebody who wrote a book very powerful one time uh, that hit the fan all over the country, and they were able to prove that your students, 
when they're getting better, getting ready to go out into the world, as you've called, hopefully mature adults, Steve, <laughs> and maturity growing. Uh, it's that step-by-step maturity that we gain through wanting to earn respect to that, too. But you've got to have a versatility to your life. You cannot just be all me. It's got to be sharing and giving and, 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 and being part of, of life around you. If you're only a student and you're only wanting a good grade and you're not getting out and doing other things, or let's say you don't want to be a good student and you don't want to learn to get out of the classroom what's important to you, um, I think that people have to realize what is happening. Um, I'm looking back at my life, Steve, and I'm 69 years old. And I found myself through my life, it's what does 69 mean? Nothing. Uh, it just means I hope I get to live long enough to be smart enough, Steve. There's not enough. I couldn't possibly learn enough. Our universities, our schools today, when you go off to school, that is not going to be the answer to all. A friend of mine who graduated from Horton with an MBA said when he walked out, he knew if you could put it on the wall, but it didn't mean a darn thing. You've got to go out and earn respect of what did you learn out of this and how are you going to grow to achieve uh, more maturity to responsibilities to be a professional um, when you're working out there with people, are you running into a lot today? I bet we don't have too much time. And people who have lost their jobs, who really, really, your word reinvention, they're wondering what they could do. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the bottom line is, number one, the if, if, in fact, people are listening, they're out of work, they're really just trying to figure out what's next for the transition to the next stage of their life, the, the the most important thing, more than anything else, is to just be clear on who you are and why you do what you do, but more importantly, who you were born to be. Because once you heed that inherent blueprint, everything else absolutely will fall into place. And so the question is, as I stated earlier, you know, what is your what? And you have to make sure that as you move forward from where it is that you are now, to where it is that you want to go, that you take steps that support your becoming the person that you want to be and become very clear on the choices that you make as you move forward because too often we make choices that just don't support, uh, you know, who it is that we are predetermined to be and don't nourish our soul. And so just take a look at what I call these yay-no moments, which is where you have a fork in the road and you, one decision is yes, one decision is no, and make sure that you just slow down and you take full advantage of the time that you've been given to take a look at those moments and choose the proper direction. And in those moments, you'll start regaining control of your life and doing things to support you on your journey to do something meaningful. Wonderful. That's wonderful. And, you know, with 2011, uh, people have, can look out toward the year and thinking about just what you just said. And I don't care who they are, what age, or where they're coming from. Um, uh, that is a, what, excellent advice. Steve, where do they go to your website? You want to give us your website address? Sure. So the website is steveolsher.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-O-L-S-H-E-R.com. And I'll take it a step further, which is, you know, I really do want people to – you know, I, I guess you could say I wrote the book for selfish reasons because I want people to go out and do what it is that they're compelled to do and make an inordinate difference because if they can do that, they inevitably make the world a better place, which makes my world 
a better place. So I want people to discover what that gift is that they inherently have. So if they send me an email to steve at steveolsher.com, uh, the first five that send in an email, I will send you a free copy of the book. So that's steve at steveolsher.com. Wonderful. And I like that outlook on life. It's what you can do to make you feel better. And whenever I see something successful, Steve, I get so excited and my husband will say, I said, oh my gosh, I love to hear that success. And it's because it does make a better place when people are trying to achieve success. Yeah. It doesn't have to be always money either, does it? Well, I mean, look, we, I'm not one of those people, again, that doesn't recognize the fact that we all have bills to pay and miles to feed. That's right. I mean, the bills have to be paid. But, yeah, that's success yeah. right there, isn't it? Well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I want to thank you for joining us today. Good, I wish you the very best uh, with your book, and uh, I hope to have you on again someday. All right, Sharon. Thanks so much. You have a nice and, day. Uh, and you know, be well. To you is also available on Amazon, so feel free to direct direct your audience there as well. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Well, that was a good year to begin uh, 2011. Thinking about who you are, what you're doing, what you want to do. Everybody has their New Year's motto, wish, um, and. Uh, what you want to do with whatever it is, whether it's dieting or I hope you're going to drink 10 to 12 glasses of water uh, to your day or at least 8 to 10 to add a, uh, the water to your flowing river of yourself and your health. Uh, did you know that the brain is 80 to 90% water and blood is 80 to 90% water? So remember, if you want to be healthy and, and detoxify, and uh, water is the most important part of your life. And we do have those 5,000 children dying a day because they don't have water. So kind of think about what you might be able to do to participate in the future of Save a Child's Life and, uh, and join our radio show with lots to learn here and our wonderful guests that we've had on for almost four years. We're going to have Randy Brush on next, and I'm really excited about this because we're going to talk about biodynamics, um, herbalist teas, um, what we can learn more about herbal uh, organic farming and more. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we're going to be back with Randy. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Randy, are you with us? I'm here. That's nice of you to join us today. I was really looking forward to hearing about your background, and I'd like to have you on sometime when we can be even on longer. Tell us a little bit about who you are, and and it looks like you're in uh, you're in um, research with organic farming and herbal herbs and and your growers and your you have a company. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and it's a, is it a family now that you got? Well, you we're have? actually a family-run business, uh-huh. and uh, we've been in business now here, uh, located in Sandy, Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, almost 18 years. Okay. Um, my history goes back as a registered nurse and physician's assistant back in the Midwest, uh, actually in Columbia, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, where I worked in a clinic for several years and worked in surgery. And uh, I, I learned a lot about medicine, but the one thing I learned about medicine was that I saw more and more was the overuse of heavy-duty pharmaceuticals and unnecessary mm-hmm. surgery. Mm-hmm. I started looking at less invasive methods of health care, being an old uh, farm boy myself also. I started growing herbs and making herbal uh, um, medicine uh, from Chinese medicine books and Ayurvedic medicine books and started treating my dogs and my cats and my kids and <laughs> oh my gosh it worked. Meet your <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> yeah so rather than treating the symptoms I actually really looked at treating the whole body. Well I'm on both sides of the coin. I've been studying for over 30 odd years um, the nature of mm-hmm. the plant, our earth and the nature of the dehydration effects. Mm-hmm. Um, took my research into the medical field um, and did okay there and got a lot of attention to nature for the first time in front of the prescription department. Um, so I'm into where you're coming from. Uh, I'm a believer that if we don't understand the nature of the symptom, we're in trouble, Randy. Absolutely. And, and uh, so I'm following you where you're coming from, and that's why I say I'd like to have you on again. Um, the biodynamic side of you, though, uh, where, where, what are you thinking? Uh, tell our uh, listeners. I'm going to ask you some different descriptions to help us okay. learn. Okay. Uh, our, our world out here in the world is very confused about words that are flown around that we don't understand. And I wa- I'm a believer that understanding the behavior of the word means something for a future of what. But biodynamic farmer means what? Good question. Uh, biodynamic farming is actually the oldest organized method of organic farming, and it was actually established by a, a scientist and philosopher by the name of Rudolf Steiner. And Rudolf Steiner also, to kind of to show you where uh, he, he's coming from, he started the Waldorf schools. Mm-hmm. And so basically what he did and what he did with the farmers in the 1920s during the Green Revolution in Europe, which was actually the introduction of pesticides, herbicides, and chemical fertilizers. Now, Randy, where did he live? He's in Austria. Austria, okay. Yes, ma'am. And so um, the farmers came to him and said, our farms don't look the same. They don't feel right. And so he really was, was quite a spiritual man, too, and he took a good look at not only the biological factors that influence a farm in the bio, but also the dynamic influences, which is the spiritual metaphysical aspects and what he did was he looked at the farm as a living entity within itself and actually a reflection of that farmer. Well, it is. And it is, absolutely. The soil is, is, uh, uh, the soil is as alive as uh, we as people 
humans are walking around alive. Very much so. Exactly. And actually yes. broke it into body systems. Yes, that's right. It has a respiratory right. system, a digestive system, and it he does. addressed it has that. all And it all those. is influenced by what is happening in the air above it. Absolutely. There we go. Now we're coming forward. Tell us more. So basically this farming method, I've known about it for years and years, and, and I, uh, the biggest part I had, I didn't do and I was not doing was uh, I had been an organic farmer for over 20 years, is that we weren't using the preps. And so he developed a series of preps for the farm that actually helped to not only increase microbial life in the soil but bring the earth's energy and the sun energy um, to the soil and to the plants. So then what you were doing is you were learning, and your word preps means you were learning how to take that soil and turn it over with seasons to uh, be able to have an, an atmospheric relationship with the air that's with it. Absolutely. And the interesting now, thing- I need the audience to follow me on that. Okay. The air we're living in, as human beings, has as much influence on our lives and the moisture in that air, the living fluid of the air, as it does the soil. So what you were doing is you were, you were getting to know your soil, you were yes. getting to understand the behavior of the climate, and then yes. you began to biodynamically take that soil and move it into the life it offers with the air that it's above it. Absolutely. No. <laughs> did you, I do okay? You did well. You did okay. well. <laughs> okay. Um, it's 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 co- really amazing because it's biodynamic farming is considered an alternative method of farming. Oh, it is. In fact, uh, Randy, I had on my uh, show from South Dakota, a several generation, several thousand acre uh, farmer, and uh, he said we had the same conversation. They only get four inches of rain a year. And they had to decide how to go about it long time ago, and we had the same conversation with how does your soil turn over, how do you keep the seasonal fertilization of the soil to attract to the air above it so you wouldn't need as much water, and you, you be, your soil is able to live with what you have available coming from the air by the way you were ter- tilling that soil. Absolutely, and understanding the rhythms of the moon. And there like we go. Example, when there's a full moon, the moisture comes up. There we the go. Plants. And the, the, the um, gravity from the moon pulls the water up to the soil and up to the plants. And so there there's all these wonderful, amazing things that, are, that work on this earth, and these, all these plants were put here for us to use, and not only as food but as a medicine. And it's, just, it's a beautiful Well, it became cycle. nature's first uh, um, medicine, pharmaceutical. In fact, I'm a believer of that. I believe that people, we've got to get back to, Randy. I don't know if you heard this morning, uh, Associated Press and Fox News and announced that uh, there, there's a new cancer breakthrough. And the, they're now going into thinking that they're, they can do a blood test and find out what is happening into well over a billion cells. We know that those are 50 trillion. But there's a dehydration going on and a toxin in the life of human beings in that cell that they could get in time to maybe save how many lives. So we're thinking nature now, I believe, and we're doing the same thing today with you and your understanding of the soil. And I believe, Randy, and I will. you can come back to talk to me about this someday, I believe that the United States is going to take a very strong economic position in agriculture because I don't think anybody has taken it as serious as the United States, as 50 states, 50 little countries, I call them, 
and understanding food is going to be the greatest breakthrough in our lives. It's what we're eating. Absolutely. Now, you tell us about herbs. Uh, what is the difference between herbs and vitamins? A big difference. And that big difference, I feel, is that, that the plants have everything that we need. Um, when, and, and vitamins, most are synthetic. Most of the sources are your body don't recognize as food. And so food is our nourishment. It's the gift that we've been given to keep us healthy. And food is very much the same, and herbs are considered food. And so the herbs and the plants on this earth have everything we need to be healthy. The problem is that uh, the soils have been, been, become contaminated. The genetically modified organisms are now introduced into the food chain. Everything suddenly changed. Mm-hmm. And the water. And the water's uh, contaminated. The, yes, right. Um, and then tell us about uh, also about what you've been learning about the difference between, okay, when you're talking to people, and they don't understand that herbs are food mm-hmm. uh, and vitamins are very uh, man-made formulations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when you go over to uh, the harvest of your different herbs, um, have you noticed that people don't understand that herbs are food? That, that, and by the way, there's a new supplement out there called Whole Food, which means it's made out of the, the, the supplement that we would call a vitamin. But it's a, actually a supplement of whole food. Do you know that what that is? I'm familiar with that. Okay, yeah. tell. Would you want to explain that to our audience? Well, whole foods, although they don't hit the same numbers that um, vitamins hit for you know daily recommended doses, but you all, but you do get quality um, uh, vitamins that are actually your body can actually recognize as food. And, and an easy way to explain it, and I do this many times, and this is one of the things I like to talk about are the bitters. Okay, so for example, European bitters, a lot of people take a bitter, a little sip of bitters before they have a meal. Uh, the same as a parsley is on your plate of, a, of an Italian meal is, is that begins the stimulation of production of digestive enzymes that break okay, down. Okay, let's down. back up for a minute so okay. we can follow you. Okay. And Europeans have had a tradition of eating a bitter food Correct. before they begin the rest of their meal. Correct. Because now what would that be? That um, parsley is a good one. Um, there are a lot of uh, different bitters. There's um, some of the stronger ones, like uh, I'm trying to think, would be. Uh, you know, uh, you can help me because I'm learning. I just had heard not long ago one of our guests were talking about bitter melon. Yeah. Oh, bitter melon, yeah. Now, tell me about bitter melon. Well, bitter melon, um, that's a little different. And that, one's, that is actually a, a powerful digestive verb, too, but I'm not okay. exactly sure. I don't know that much about that one. Okay. Okay, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, but in foreign countries, they believed in before you begin your meal, mm-hmm. you eat, eat um, some bitters. Mm-hmm. And the bitters would be parsley and what else? Oh, uh, other bitters that would be in there. Um, let's see, I have a long list of them. There's things like ginger would be something that would stimulate the production of bitters, okay. a prediction of bile. Um, okay. There's anise. Now, that would be very cooling food. Uh, would it be cooling food or uh, more, warmer food? Because um, ginger... Bitters are a little bit more cooling. I was going to say, bitters would be more cooling. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, you know... Basically, what, I, what we're trying to get to about that is that bitters stimulate the production of bile and other digestive enzymes. All plants 
have specific uh, taste and smells that stimulate the production of digestive enzymes to break that plant material down mm-hmm. and then deliver it to the area of the body that it needs to work with. Does uh-huh. that make sense, kind of? Yes, well, I think the audience needs to know is no two people are dehydrating the same. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, from birth. In fact, uh, Randy, I have this thing. If I get to live long enough, we're going to start checking that dehydration from birth eventually. But where I'm coming from is because no two people are, when you go to eat something or drink something or your daily stress levels, no two people are doing that the same. Um, And so obviously what you're saying, everybody will absorb whatever they're eating or whatever is happening in the body. It's going to be a difference. Right, right. Absolutely. That's why when somebody looks at another person and thinks, oh, my gosh, why is it they can do that and I can't? It's because there's no two bodies dehydrating the same. Absolutely, and you'll find that lots of times um, with the herbs too, with herbal medicine, that and Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, they watch families from one family to the next to the next, and it's interesting that that herbs, they're, it's kind of have personalities, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like we have A personality people and B personality people. Mm-hmm. Plants are the same. We have okay. A personality plants, B personality plants. We have fast plants. Happy plants, hot plants, cold plants, all of these plants can be used, but you have to know how to use them. That's it. You know, I'd like to have you on again because there's so much there that I really want to learn, and I want to get more on our website, too. Um, I totally agree with you because of that word dehydration I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That Because no two people, when you put anything in your mouth or touch anything on the skin or whatever, live your daily life, Mm -hmm. everybody has a difference. And um, I'd like to have you on again, and if you have a moment again, I'll have Polly Featherton, my producer, my program director, call you, because I think our listeners are ready for 2011 to learn more about that. I think they're open to it. I think they have more availability to it. Do you remember uh, way back in time, Randy, you could talk about all these things, but there was nothing available. Right. No foods were available. The Farmers markets were not available. They couldn't go to the web and learn more about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that people need to learn. And and you mentioned uh, there for a moment. You said a vitamin and herbs, vi- and then take a vitamin. Well, there's certain that we've gotten programmed by health educators that there's certain vitamins a day you have to have. Well, right. you just said certain things, uh, elements of vitamins that have more availability to the amount of vitamin need that day. But the body doesn't what is the need? It. What is the herbal need that day? You know what right, I mean? Right. We, did you follow me? Absolutely. Yes, and we need our listeners all over the world to understand that they could learn the difference between the herb, the vitamin deficiency and efficiency. And there's th- they're, they're confused. Uh, Randy, did you know on the national nutrition chart that there is not even one glass of water? Uh, amazing. I know. It's the most important. <laughs> yeah, water is essential for health. For Absolutely. anything to do with number one, it's the water, and then everything comes out. We're out of time, but tell us how to go find your site. And then we're, I'd like to have you on again. Can I get you to... Commit to come on again? I'd, be, I'd love to. Oh, wonderful, because yes. I think it's time in 2011 that the world begins to listen to their nutrition. What, yeah. How do they find you on uh, your website? Um, it's just to, to make it really easy, it's Oregon's Wild Harvest. If you just type that in, like type in the state. OregonWildHarvest.com. Dot com. And we have just uh, pictures of the farm. We describe biodynamic farming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it just has a it's a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. It also does show our products. I I never like to push that part because I really want to educate people about herbal medicine. Well, no, no, you, you we do, and then also when we do our next show, I want to talk about teas to oh, our uh, audience worldwide about what's been going on for thousands of years with the plant uh, tea plants. Oh, I'd love. Well, to I want talk to thank you that. for joining us. Tell your family I said hello. I will. And we'll do this again. Thank you, Sharon. Be well. Be well. Bye. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. I really have to tell you that Earth has a very special secret, and we're going to learn them in 2011. You are going to be healthier, happier, and you're going to release that stress, and you're going to learn about nutrition. But Earth is whispering, don't ever say goodbye, because the more you learn, the more you can leave behind for the rest of us. And that's a footprint to me. I want to thank you for listening. You are very special to me, and all the guests that we've had on in the last four years have been so special. Let's look forward to 2011 together. Thank you for listening. Be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 